Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Government have been trying to say this has been unpredictable, but they need to be more creative and ambitious than that. I've had to go and set up a petition to try and get this over the line. I brought it to our minister. I brought it to the department. Nobody is listening. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Weather forecast, as I said yesterday morning, is really nice for the next couple of days. And even yesterday, as it was warming up a little bit, looking a bit more like spring, than it has done. There was loads of people eating outside and having the sandwich out on the bench. I don't see the umbrellas going up just yet. Maybe they were. But it'll be nice, hopefully, over the next few days. Checking out late Alan O'Reilly of Carly Weather today to see will it hold for uh, the holiday weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What we're being told is that Patrick's Day will be lovely and Friday will be nice but not so sure about Saturday and Sunday. We'll see what Alan's got to say about that. If you are, if you have a smallie in a baby walker right now, scooting around the, the kitchen like a bat out of hell, you might be interested in one of my guests today who says perhaps that's not the best idea. Baby walkers have been banned in a lot of countries now uh, for, for strange reasons. One of them being that it's not the right way to teach a child to walk or so my guest has been telling me uh, looking ahead to Cheltenham that starts today I'm always saying to people I, I I, kind of sometimes wonder which part of the horse is supposed to face front that's as much as I know about horse racing but I know that Cheltenham is big business huge business and it's great fun for people and the pubs will be packed here in this end I even heard a great story over the weekend of someone who books a room in a hotel himself and his mate and every year they go to Cheltenham but they never actually leave their hometown I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard they go to Cheltenham every year but what they actually do is they book a room in a hotel next to which there's a pub with a massive screen next to which there's a bookie so that's what they do for the four days at Cheltenham they just don't leave their hometown I thought you know what that's great so that's what we'll talk about later on Cheltenham and the prospects and all that for the week ahead but first of all imagine having a house uh, that you have paid your mortgage on and imagine 
having rented out that house for a little while and been overseas for a bit. And then imagine that the tenants stop paying the rent. So you decide, okay, I'm going to come home and I'm going to get them out of my house and I'm going to move back into my house. That's not easy, as Marcus has been finding out. We don't get to talk to too many landlords, but at the moment you're attempting to get tenants to leave your house, but you can't. What's happening? Exactly. So the legislation that is now in place says, you know, that uh, there is a certain road that has to be taken. It's a simple 10-step process, according to RTB. But as I got in touch with one agency owner and he had some time to, you know, and explain me how things work, he said, you'll be looking at uh, minimum 13 months before you're able to get them out even though they wouldn't pay you a penny and, and, you know, destroy your house in the end. So what's what's been happening? You were living in Spain, I think, and you came back. Yes, I was there to see a family member and I came back because I ran out of means, you know. My work uh, possibilities in Spain were quite limited and this was, uh, this was the, the thing that I was living out of, you know, even though I, I got a mortgage, the mortgage was you know, being paid off, and I, I was left with a couple of bob, you know, to survive Sure. in in Spain. But, uh, yeah, after the first month, they just stopped paying. And, and you know, that's that's where the, where the trouble started. When did they last pay you rent? That was uh, October. That was the, 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 the first and last month they paid okay. for, you know. So nearly six months ago. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And you came back a month ago and you're trying you're trying to evict them for non payment, I guess, isn't that right? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I terminated the, the contract so that's also for overholding yeah. the property. Mm-hmm. And so. they just refused to leave. Exactly. Exactly that. And it seemed that they, you know, they know how the law works and they worked it around, you know, it seemed like the professionals in it, and it was not only my opinion, you know, mm. so that the people, it seems that they've been trained to do it, like, you know, and they, and they live off it, like, you know, being a, uh, just, just taking someone's house and, you know, not caring at all. Because you would think that if you cease to pay your rent, you're then in breach yeah. of your tenancy contract, but it's not as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, yes, you are in breach and you can terminate the contract, but termination doesn't mean that you're allowed to evict them. So it's it's only the beginning of the road, you know. Right. I don't know why why is it like that. I think you know the the law is is built, you know, to to hurt private owners, mm-hmm. and it, it has to be changed. I don't know how, but you know, I think people have to stand up to it yeah. because, like. That there's there's no other way. Like, uh, <sighs> and this is your house. You want to go back and live in your house, but the tenants to whom you rented your house haven't paid your rent since last October, are refusing to leave. And then when you get on to the authorities, like the RTB, you find that in fact you can't force them out. Exactly. It's it's very disappointing. You know, it's it's really. 
unbelievable. You know? What are they telling you at the RTB you, when you say, look, they haven't paid me for months and, and they're in breach of their account? What, what do the RTB tell you? So they told me, like, you know, that I have to start uh, the whole the, the, the process, you know, as, as they list it on their website and, and look for, for resolution. And what are the steps know, of the process? So, yeah, of course, the first is the, the warning notice that has to be copied. So if you, if you don't send, a, 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 you know, within 20 days of, of, uh, of your warning notice, it's back to RTB or case is not valid, you know. So you need to, you know, uh, have a lot of things in your mind, you mm. know, to, to do it right. You've issued them with this warning notice, have you? Of course, of course I had, like, you know, in, in December, you know, because I was still trying to make some sort of a resolution with them, you know, how could we make this going? So yeah. they were, they, they asked me for help and I sent them the form and they, they just went silent after that. And I, I sent there a friend of mine, you know, who's, who's Irish and he, who, you know, who's uh, much more uh, a diplomat than, than I am myself. Yeah. But, you know, it, it seemed that he's getting on somewhere, but it, it ended up the same. Like, you know, they just stopped talking to him, you know, so yeah. they weren't interesting any anything, you know. Right. So then, then I, I, I sent the, the warning notice and, yeah, and after that, you know, after 28 days, you have a right to send, it, to send a termination notice. And after another 28 days, you have a right to start a dispute with RTB. And this is the the beginning of the of right. the dispute. Then, then you know that the both sides are being heard, and uh, you know that they they could defend it. They could you know make a lot of excuses. So so this would get, like go on forever. You right. know, if if they really knew that the, the law, like I, I don't know. What it was. Yeah. So so effectively, what you say is that you want to evict them from not for non-payment of rent, and you can't. Exactly that. Yeah, and I can't, and it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's tiring, you know? I know, and where are you living? This is your house. Where are you living? Yeah, I'm living in Havana at the moment, you know, I, I can't afford accommodation because, uh, you know, I, I ran out of my means in, yeah. in Spain, and as I came back and I realized what, what has, you know, how, how the rent uh, looks like. In Cork, you know, I decided I'm going to stay in a in a van and and just wait until it's sorted, you know. So you're living in a van. You have a house yeah. that you actually own. There's yeah. tenants there who are refusing to pay you rent, but you're living exactly. in a van. Like in in what language is that fair? That's a very good question. You know, that's uh, that's something that I don't understand, yeah. and it's. It's very. Is there a point in reporting it to the guys? Is there any need? To, any... No, no, because it's a civil matter, so they wouldn't deal with it. You see. Yeah. And even like I tried, you know, uh, like I, I heard to a lot of different uh, mouths of advice, and one of them was saying that I could come into the house, change the locks where they're not there, and just throw the stuff out, like you know. Yeah. Which, which I did, you know. Well, you uh, did. Well, I, I glued I glued the front lock, and I drilled the back door to the floor with a drill. You know. Right. And I started kicking the stuff out, and they've arrived, and they saw me, and they left. They didn't even, you know, open the door of the car. They just left. Right. 
And after 25 minutes, your man came with uh, a group of men, five in total, and they were they started breaking into the house. And the biggest fella basically went after me, you know, and I, I decided to, you know, protect myself. I was at the top of the stairs and uh, I kicked him in the in the head, like, you know, and he felt on others, like, you know, and, and they stopped approaching then. And, you know, there was loads of screaming and they were threatening me. Guards came in. The resolution wasn't right. good either because I was told to leave. So they threw you out of your own house? Just like that. Yeah. That must be very distressing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it is you know it's it was it was something you you don't live in the in the you know every everyday life you know no and I know you've got some help from uh, a TD what's he saying to you what has he told you you're right sir uh, I know they've made an inquiry to RTB uh, we haven't heard back much yet so so it's it's only you know a, a matter of of time probably before before we hear some news. I would be you know more than glad if if they could speed up the process for yeah. me. You know, just even a tiny little bit because you know every every hand of help now is uh, is big. Yeah, and and how much did, I I imagine your chances of ever getting it are probably very slim. But how much do these people owe you now? Just under seven grand, you know. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what. I will never be able to get this money back because yeah. it's a civil matter, like, you know, and if if I, you know, commit a crime by uh, not paying my parking ticket, I'll be in prison for that. But they can get away with anything, you know, yeah. and it's designed that way. So so it's like a trouble off someone's shoulders, you know, which is yeah. horrific. Yeah, we, we hear so much anti-landlord stuff but but here you are just trying to get people out of the house that you own that you're perfectly entitled to live in they haven't paid your rent in nearly six months they owe you the bones of seven thousand euro and you can't get them out that's what it is i don't know if anyone that's listening has been through this before whom or who may be able to help you or tell you where you go but certainly it's a whole different angle on the landlord story and thank you for for contacting us no worries at all. Pleasure talking to you. That's Marcus. Can't get into his house. His tenants haven't paid him a cent since last October. He wants to evict them, but is discovering that the law is more on their side than it is on his. The guards can't get involved because it's a civil matter. And he's sleeping in a van. Yeah, landlords are all bad people, aren't they? That's what we're always being told. Well, figure his story out, if there's anybody listening. Any TDs or public representatives, particularly the ones who try to tell us that landlords are evil people. Tell us what he does now, because I would certainly like to know. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. 
Cork's 96FM wants to send you and a friend to the biggest fight of all time in women's boxing. Katie Taylor takes on Amanda Serrano for the women's lightweight world title at Madison Square Garden. And you could be there. It's just a TKO. Listen weekdays at 8.15, 2.15 and 5.15 to hear the knockout hits. The knockout hits. When you have all three, text or WhatsApp the big drive home for your chance to qualify. Flights, accommodation, spending money and tickets to Taylor versus Serrano on April 30th in New York. It's just a TKO. With no DC cars Blackpool. Put your trust in the award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noldc.com. Listen and win weekdays. Only on Cork's 96FM. Caller can relate, I think, to what Marcus was telling us and says it'll turn very bad now. They won't leave a pane of glass in his house. They'll destroy the place. Kate says, my friends are going to Spain. They're renting out their home, but they've gone through a management agency so they can avoid these kind of problems. Gary is in New Zealand. Hi, Gary. How are you doing, mate? Brother had the same issue with tenants. Took nine months to get them out, even turned off the electric. Here in New Zealand, you have to lodge a bond with a government agency called Tenancy Services, who you go to also for any disputes with your tenants. And then they're very fair to both parties, including protecting landlords from people like this. Hi PJ, it's not. It's also not fair that he has these tenants settled in a home and then he decides he wants to come back in and move in. And that makes the tenants homeless. I'd like to know, did he make it clear to them he wanted them on a long-term contract? Did he make it clear to them he was coming back and it was only a short lease? The landlords today have all of us in an awful situation. I had to move out of a rented place due to a landlord wanting to sell the property. All of those points are valid, but they've stopped paying rent. They haven't paid him a cent since last October. And maybe I'm wrong here, and someone will surely tell me if I am. But if I'm renting my place to somebody, and they stop paying rent or stop even attempting to pay rent. I know people can get caught up in debt and lose jobs and it can be hard for them to pay rent. But these people haven't even attempted to pay rent since last October. They looked for the paperwork to go on HAP. That's the last he heard of that. Now, surely they're in breach of any agreement he had with them. If you stop paying rent, then... Surely you've breached all your agreements, but your point, your point is taken. Just listen to that man. I live in Spain. I have a tenant in a house here who hasn't paid me rent for 18 months. Now, after nine months, we might have a court date, but the court could decide they can stay for five years and I need to pay all the bills and all that. All the rights are on the tenant's side. I have cancer. I need my house back to go for treatment nearby. I'm staying two hours away now. See, something is loaded in one direction or the other, I would have thought. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. But Marcus's story is they haven't paid him a cent since last October. Uh, he moved back f- from Spain to try to sort it out. They said, all right, we'll put us on HAP then. He got the paperwork and said he'd give him a chance with HAP and they did nothing for him. Now he's, this is the bit, he owns the house has paid his mortgage on the house. They haven't given him a cent in rent since last October. They owe him about 7000 And he's sleeping in a van. 
I'm sorry, but in what language is that even half fair? 0818 96 96 96. Now look around you, particularly, I, I know a lot of smallies are home this week, with it being the, the long weekend. A lot of them are just out of school or haven't gone to preschool, or particularly if a little toddler, little maybe year old, uh, who's kind of half walking. Do you know the way? Kind of more falling than walking. They spend more time on their arse than on their feet. Do you know the way? Have you got them in the walker? Have you got them in the walker? Particularly if you're maybe doing a few bits now around the kitchen and you've plunked them into the into the walker to amuse themselves with a bit of banana, which they're mashing onto the tray. Yes, that, yeah, and they're spit, yes. And they're going around on the wheels of the walker like the bat out of hell. You, we've all been there. Apparently, it's not the best thing for them. Uh, Idel O'Leary from Idel O'Leary Pediatric Physiotherapy, who's based in Carrick Tool is saying, she's a paediatric physiotherapist, says, actually, so many countries have now banned walkers for, for various different reasons that maybe we should think differently and think about not putting children in walkers. That it might not be the best thing for them. I've been talking to Adele about that. Let you hear it next. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause. And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light to shine in. Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary. Include us in your diary. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want I'll be there. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 26th to 28th. Only on Cork's 96FM. I'll come back to that Baby Walker's story because I spoke to Adele last night, but I just need to catch Mick Barry before he goes off about his business for the day. Anne Murphy at the Examiner has been doing extraordinary work in the last while about this whole sex for rent crack that's been going on around the country and she's exposed some fairly awful carry on. She's got another story on the paper today where sex for rent, some gangster is trying on sex for rent in the context of the war in Ukraine and has actually offered a property in County Clare for free to a slim Ukrainian woman and there's a clear expectation of sex and the landlord's demanding a photo from a prospective renter and all of that and Anne's got that story on the examiner this morning. Now, Mick, you you, you point out that uh, the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, said in the Dáil recently, there's no legislation there to stop this kind of thing. Uh, there needs to be, doesn't there? Good morning. Yes, there does need to be legislation. Uh, this is something that's been going on for a number of years now. Um, in fact, uh, two, three years ago, I was contacted by a Spanish woman uh, living in Dublin and I introduced her to my colleague Ruth Coppinger, uh, and from that conversation uh, came the first airing of the issue uh, in the doll. We made the point at the time uh, that legislation is 
very important here, but it's more than just legislation um, because the housing crisis has created an enormous imbalance uh, in power uh, with landlords in powerful positions and tenants very, very vulnerable. And you need to provide more social housing and give more rights to tenants uh, to try and correct that balance in some ways. But it's been brought to a whole other level now Mm-hmm. Uh, with the refugees coming here. Now, to be clear, it's wonderful and marvellous and a, a really uh, powerful reflection on, on the good in Irish society that so many people have volunteered uh, to open up their homes after seeing the horror on the TV screens uh, and so on. But as we've already seen in Poland, uh, there are and there will be a minority, uh, albeit a, a small minority, mm. uh, who are prepared to exploit a situation. And it seems that the Irish Examiner have stumbled on such a case this morning and and congratulations to them for highlighting yeah. it because I think this is an issue that needs to be addressed. You get a very tenuous stretch and I'm not for a second attempting to defend this carry-on. It's despicable. But you get a very tenuous stretch of the whole consenting adults thing as something of a defence and something of a prevention for legislation. But that doesn't hold any water, does it? It doesn't hold water because um, you have someone whose home has been bombed, uh, who's been forced to flee their country, uh, who's traumatised, uh, bringing a couple of young kids with them, yeah. uh, who come to a strange country on the other side of Europe, uh, who absolutely need uh, a roof over their heads. Uh, and then this is the offer that's made uh, to them. Uh, where's the consent that's very clear that's that's very clear and and you I think you're calling on Helen McEntee to to bring something in and bring it in quickly well there is legislation uh, that was introduced by the social Democrat TD uh, Keen O'Callaghan is passed first stage at the doll uh, and I think that that legislation it can be amended and and, and improved uh, but I think it needs to be fast-tracked uh, through the Eroctus. Uh, uh, and I also think that while it is wonderful that people are opening up their homes, uh, the state has to take responsibility here yeah. uh, for the protection uh, of women and children. And that means a couple of things. I, I think that there, there is going to have to be uh, guard vetting in this situation. And I think as well that the state has to very quickly be in a position to say that we're providing a, a alternative accommodation for people. I don't see how you can do that yeah, within the confines of the market rules, I think you're going to have to step on some powerful toes. Yeah, the thief, the thief was very clear on the BBC the other day when he said that we're just taking people who are fleeing a war and we're not doing big security checks on them like they're doing or like they want to do in the UK. But in in terms of people opening up their doors, which, like you said, is wonderful and generous and all these things, um. You, you should really be checking who, who is taking people in. Just one has come in, make about home instead. This has come in on the phone. Um, subsidising home instead, subsidising people who want to stay at home rather than go into nursing homes. I work with a lot of elderly people who are terrified of going to nursing homes but can't afford to stay at home and I'm wondering what's going to happen. Okay, well, a big issue here is the question of home health services, okay? Um, there needs to be a big investment in home help services uh, so as to increase the possibility and the chances of uh, an elderly person having a good life in their own home without being forced 
to go into uh, a nursing home situation. It actually has been shown by studies in country after country that the state saves itself a fortune Mm -hmm. if it does that. Now, part of the problem here has been the privatisation of home health services in recent years, running them on a for-profit basis. And that has been linked to um, cutbacks in the amount of hours I mean, I remember when I did the campaign with Home Helps in this city, it must have been nearly 25 years ago Don't now. you'll age us both, Nick, of, stop, you'll age us both. On the, <laughs> on the issue of uh, low pay, you know, you, you, a Home Help would go and visit someone for an hour. Uh, but in recent years, that's been cut back in some cases to half an hour, in other cases even to 15 minutes. Yeah. I don't think that's the norm, yeah. but I've, I've heard of that. So I would say um, put Home Help services firmly in public hands yeah. public ownership and invest so as to keep people at home where possible rather than being forced into a nursing home. Okay. Lastly and very briefly, our previous uh, in conversation with Marcus, he owns his house. He His tenants haven't given him a cent rent since last October. He's trying to evict them. Uh, can do nothing about it. They're, they're sitting there not paying him a cent and he can't get them out. He's sleeping in a van. What should he do? Okay. Um, well, I, I can't comment on the individual case because no, I haven't, the heard, principles I haven't heard the, the radio interview. What I will say is this, is that it's well known that I am a supporter of placing a ban on evictions. Um, it's well known as well that when the government uh, did that during the pandemic, that the numbers forced to live in emergency accommodation came down quite dramatically. But, I mean, I'm a reasonable person and there, do, there does have to be exceptions Uh, to that. One clear exception is where you have persistent and serious antisocial behaviour which wrecks the lives of uh, neighbours and obviously it's not realistic to have someone living in a house long term rent free. That's different from a situation where people have an immediate problem, they've lost a job and they need a break for a couple of weeks type of a situation. Uh, So there are exceptions and it does sound to me like that uh, is probably an exceptional uh, circumstance that should be provided for Uh, but I can't comment because I didn't hear the interview. Okay. Well, you know what? We might be able to let you hear it because there's, there's certainly there is a process there within. Thanks, Mick. Appreciate it. Uh, Mick Barry, TD. Th- there is a process there within the RTB and a couple of people, particularly on Twitter, have said he needs to go through the RTB and it's slow and it's painful and it's awkward. But he needs to go through that way because if he doesn't, uh, there are more rights on their side. Thanks, Mick. 0818969696. But on the sex for rent, the, the sooner that is made a crime, the better. It isn't presently. Okay, let's go back to where we were with Baby Walkers. I just wanted to talk to Mick there before he went off about his his day's business. And if you have a, a child in a Baby Walker going around the house right now, like a bat out of hell, mashing their breakfast into the wall... And you think it's grand and it's fine. I've been talking to a physiotherapist, paediatric physiotherapist, Idel O'Leary, based in Carrie Tool, and she's got some concerns about walkers. Idel, as someone who would have put at least one of my children into a walker at one point, and, and being of an age where it was kind of the first present somebody would ever give you for a child... I'm surprised that baby walkers are now seen as a, shall we say, a bad thing. When when did people start looking on them negatively? Um, hi, PJ, first of all, thanks hi. for having me. Um, so I, I've been working in paediatrics for about 15 years. Um, and even 
15 years ago, there was definitely um, a move away from them. A lot of other countries had already banned them at that stage. Mm. Um, so I would say it's a good 20 years. I think probably in the 70s and 80s, maybe up to the 90s, they were being used a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but they're still available, still quite prevalent and yeah. still being used. Well, my kids were born in, in 97, so we would have been using one maybe the late 90s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the problem with them? Okay, well, a baby walker are the wheeled walkers we're talking about. Um, so you sit the baby into them and the baby moves their feet by pointing their toes and pulling. So they get movement around a room or an area. Mm. Um, so that inc- is encouraging a few things that we as physios don't like. Um, it's getting them to move a lot faster than they should do at that age. It's getting them to point their toes to pull. So a very... Um, abnormal way of moving um, and it's also like they're kind of enjoying the speed so yeah. they're they're getting used to a lot of quick movements yeah. rather than what they should be focusing on would be maybe sitting um, manipulating little toys and working on their floor skills so rolling and coming into sitting and that kind of thing yeah because they do develop uh, a love of the speed they love this feature. It's great fun. It's very exciting. Um, it's just they don't have any impulse control. They don't have any danger awareness. Um, so it's not suitable for them to have that amount of speed at that age. They don't mm. have enough control. Should we let children walk at their own pace? Thankfully, I think anyway, the day is gone where we expected every child to walk at 11 months and 23 days of age. I think those days are gone, do you know? Um, There's still milestones. So milestones are only a guide at what age a child should do a certain activity or movement or skill. Um, And they're quite broad, really. You know, a child can walk anywhere from 10 months to 18 months, and that's very normal. Um, So it's more about the quality of their movement and how they're progressing through different milestones rather than ticking a box and saying they've done something at a certain age. Yeah, yeah. And the tendency was, I think, to put them into the walker maybe at around 10 or 11 months. Yeah, even younger, I think, as soon as they kind of had head control. Just because they wanted to move and be active or they were kind of high energy children, it was felt it might be a good idea for them to... Um, go a little bit faster or to just entertain themselves a bit more. I, I don't think I ever saw a child who didn't love being in one. No, sure. It's great fun and they get a good reaction very quickly. And I think everyone else kind of smiles at them and aren't they so cute? And they're moving around and they're nearly walking now, right. you know, so they're going to love that kind of reaction as well. Yeah. I, I can see the safety thing where you, you, a child could get a fall down a set of steps or, or, or things. And yeah. I always thought that was the worry. But it's not actually. Well, it is, but well, you know. it it is, yeah. But there's definitely the concern about them kind of not being on the floor. So the more time they're in the walker, the less time they're on the floor, um, and they need to be on the floor to work on all their normal milestones. Right. Um, but also because they're pointing their toes and pulling with their feet, they start to develop this, you know, as if it's a normal movement pattern, and they do it more and more. Okay. Um, so then when they do become of, you know, the stage where they're able to get up into standing, they'll tend to point their toes a little bit more. So they can develop tightness in the calf muscles just from repeatedly going up on their toes. Because the feet aren't actually flat on the floor inside the walker. 
No, they can't be really for them to pull and you can't adjust the height on them either. So generally the toes will, will do the pulling and it's the full leg is doing the pulling rather than just their feet. So they, they develop kind of unusual motor patterns and that's that's the big concern yeah. for some children. Some children are fine and, you know, they don't have any negative effects from it, but there would be a small portion that it, it does negatively impact on their, their development and further on. The pointing of the feet is not something I'd have thought of straight off. Certainly wouldn't have thought. What is a a, a term you use, what is neurological tightness? So neurological tightness would just be where there's more of a brain involvement and where the nerves can develop tightness and where there can be abnormal movement patterns as opposed to maybe an adult having tightness after doing a lot of sport or a lot of running or right. having a tight hamstring or something. Um, so it's an abnormal tightness in, in the nerve or in the control from the brain of a muscle. So is that a kind of a, an adverse muscle memory then, that from being in the, in the walker, the child can develop a muscle memory that actually isn't helpful long term? Is that what, what it is? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you can have muscle tightness without it being you know, having an underlying neurological condition. Um, but definitely some children find it harder than others to to break that muscle memory and to break that I tightness. I see. Now, you say that it's banned in, in many countries, that the, the walkers are banned. I know Canada was was quite quick to ban them, wasn't it? Yeah, and Australia as well, as far as I know, have um, banned them for quite a while as well. Right. Um but they're still widely available. I even did a quick check just to make sure. But they're still, you know, you can buy them online. You can buy them in shops, in toy shops. And mm. um, and as you say, you know, children are, you know, they're getting a lot of presents. They have a lot of toys. Um, you know, if they don't have one at home, they, you know, they can be brought in just by a relative or a well-meaning. Oh, I haven't seen that in the house. You know, they yeah. might like this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely still around. Yeah, they used to be the little walker where you sat the child in and there were some little play things, like on a rack. Yeah, they're usually, yeah, or there can be a little, just a flat tray. So sometimes they'd have some snacks in it. That's or, right. you know, they'd do a little bit of play um, with a, a little tray in front of them as well. Yeah, which all looked cutesy, but... Yeah, and they are happy in them, like you say, but... Um, yeah, it's the parent knowing that it's not. There's better ways of, you know, encouraging their their development, and the floor is definitely the best place for them to be. Yeah, they need to drag themselves up. They need to crawl, and they need to fall. They do. They learn an awful lot. Um, a normal child will need to repeat um, a movement or an activity up to four thousand times before they've fully acquired it and mastered it. So they need a huge amount of time to practice, to learn from falling over, to learn from hurting themselves or from near misses. And then they kind of the next time they take that on board and they gradually, you know, progress to mastering it. Because you might be thinking, well, they're pulling themselves up by the leg of the chair. They get up so far, then they fall back in their backside. They might cry, then they'll start again. They'll try again. That's normal. And putting them into putting them into a walker isn't actually helping. No, it will definitely slow things down. So there really isn't any positive from using one of these sit-in wheeled walkers. I wonder how many of our listeners who have a child (laughs) in a walker or were thinking of buying, like Granny's thinking of buying a walker for a child's first birthday. I wonder wonder how they'll respond to hearing this. Good to talk to you, Adele. Thanks so much for having me. That's Adele O'Leary, who's a paediatric physiotherapist. 
Your thoughts welcome on Baby Walkers. Uh, 0818969696 Now the day after tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day and we're asking you to stay with Cork's 96FM as we celebrate 20 minutes of non-stop Irish hits right across the day and our street fleet will be visiting parades across Cork to bring you a taste of the celebrations of St. Patrick's Day. Have a great day and stay listening to Cork's 96FM and here's hoping that we will have that day and celebrate that day and go to the parade and go out and meet our friends in good weather. And when... Alan O'Leary is optimistic, or Alan O'Reilly rather, when Alan O'Reilly is optimistic, uh, he's got a good track record that the rest of us should be optimistic with him. And I think you are, Alan, at Carla Weather. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's, it's, it's looking pretty good, um, considering some of the rain and some of the awful weather we've had in recent days. It does look pretty good. Now, there might be a little bit of rain in the morning and you couldn't rule out the odd shower, but Good sunny spells to the afternoon especially. So around parade time, if they're after lunch, there should be good weather. And it will be breezy, but it'll still get up to, you know, maybe 13 degrees, um, which I think for St. Patrick's Day, maybe even 14 degrees is not too bad. Sunny spells and 14 degrees, I think, is not too bad. Cork actually will see some of the best of the weather as well. You you take that 14, 15 degrees in mid-March, like that is a real start of spring. It is indeed. It is indeed. And, and the, the even better news is that the next week, next bank holiday, which is the, the following day, Friday, looks even better with probably more, like no rain really and wall-to-wall sunshine. Um, and the same for the weekend. So it's kind of improves. Thursday's good, Friday's better, and then Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, if people are lucky mm. enough to be off for the bank holidays on the weekend, it's really going to be, I think that we'll be hearing the sounds of uh, lawnmowers all across the country firing up this weekend, PJs, people... <laughs> start to get into the garden. Might we see a few garden umbrellas going up or better again, street umbrellas so we can have our lunch out? Yeah, now, the breeze will have a bit of a cut in it. That's probably the only kind of downside, really. But still, you know, if you can if you can kind of find a, a sunny spot that, that, that has a break from the wind, then it could well be uh, 99 ice cream time, yeah. Very good, very good. And these, like, so right into the weekend, it's around the right time, because if I remember rightly, Alan, this time last year, the weather began to improve dramatically as well. It did, yeah. Yeah, you're right, it did. And, and you know, it is March of many weathers, so yes. you can pretty much get anything in March. Um, but the high pressure does does look like it, it might kind of, you know, see us out now for, for the rest of the month, even possibly. Now, you couldn't rule out a few showers here sure. and there, but at the moment... At the moment, it does look like um, that the high pressure could hold on for the rest of the month, which would see us kind of, you know, having some dry, settled weather, maybe not that mild, but dry and settled for the rest of the month, which I think the farmers certainly, with the, the cost of fertiliser and everything else, and they'll be looking to see can they get stock out. So it'll, it's going to be good weather, um, hopefully, for the rest of the month. Dry, dry and settled is, is always nice. And uh, that's a lovely old expression you used. And I was telling one of my colleagues here, Vic, in the newsroom about that March of many weathers. We forget that, don't we? We talk about climate change, we talk about this, that and the other. But March was always the March of many weathers. You could get anything in March. Absolutely. Like, I remember 2018, we had snow on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Um, and I remember as a kid, you know, getting out the shorts even on St. Patrick's Day. You really can get 
anything in March and it can be very very changeable like we've seen but uh, mm. hopefully hopefully the worst of worst of March weather is is, is, is past and we're heading into some better now mm. there is there is some rain coming down the country at the moment so there will be some rain later on today um, and the start tomorrow but yeah. um, as I say once once we get into St. Patrick's Day it's, it looks better and yeah. better It's look, looking out the window here at Studio One it's what I'd call grey but hopeful here this morning, yeah. do you know what I mean? There's a there's a touch of a turn there, which which is nice to see. Definitely, uh, is this is this around the time, Alan? Traditionally, that spring begins to bed down, and we've all had the argument about March beginning in spring and Mar- spring beginning in March and spring beginning in February. We've had that argument. We'll have it again. But is this around the time of the year where spring begins to bed in in the normal in the normal run of things? It normally would be, you, you know, it can be early March, it can be late March, or it can be kind of pretty much middle of March. But generally, you would you would like to see, you know, the old, we always remember the grandfather saying you have to have the spuds in the ground before St. Patrick's Day, you know, so because the growing season would really get going. So that, I suppose, has always been the mark. As soon as you get a break in, in March, it's kind of spring has arrived and, and, and then we look. And obviously the clocks, the clocks will go forward by the end of the month. So I was looking last night, that um, on the last day of the month, sunset in Carlow is going to be 8pm. So, you know, the days will really start to grow now once we get them clocks springing forward. Yeah, I was pottering around the house this morning at half six and for the first time in the year, as I, when I let the dogs out to do what they must do of a morning, I brought my coffee out and it was nice. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's really starting to stretch in both ends. Fantastic. All right, Alan, have a good weekend. Thursday will be nice for St. Patrick's Day. Friday, the best day, but it's looking good, uh, the way you're looking at it anyway, for the next week, maybe week and a half. A few showers, but spring is upon us. Alan O'Reilly of Carly Weather, thank you very much. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he is, without a doubt, the best of our uh, amateur forecasters uh, on Twitter. He was right so many times last year, including the great heat wave that we got uh, end of June stroke starting into July. I remember being sitting down having my dinner one night in an outdoor place. Was it Barry's? Might have been Barry's. And seeing Alan's tweet, and this was about the middle of June, and he was predicting some serious weather uh, days before anybody else. And, and he was so right. Thanks, Alan. Can we just talk? Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96FM.ie the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. It's the 15th of March, so that's 10 days out from the 25th March, when Cork's 96FM will be proudly once again supporting the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day. The daffodils are available from any of the volunteers, and they help to fund free cancer support services and life-changing cancer research. So if you want to take part or to donate for Daffodil Day 2022, cancer.ie is where you'll get all of the information that you need. 0818 96 96 96. Just on the subject of baby walkers, all of mine had walkers and they're all fine. Some of them even do marathons. To drive you mad, they're always now telling what 
mums should do. Also on the phone, I got a walker for my fella. I thought it was the best invention ever. Then I opened the door and he whizzed out past me straight out onto the road. Thankfully, nothing bad happened. But that ended my love affair with the walker. I raised five children. They were all in baby walkers and they had no problems. No one is saying to plunk the child in a walker for hours on end. But they're a lifeline for busy working parents who maybe have to try and get a dinner ready when they come home. It's not about teaching them how to walk, but instead gives them some independence, keeps them safe and keeps them stimulated. I don't think it's fair to load guilt on parents. There is always the danger, says Adrian, of tipping into an open fire there were a few cases with those baby walkers and led to a horrific outcome. And that's from Adrian. Thanks for that, Adrian. I forgot that one. Little on the, imagine going at like the bat out of hell and hits the hearth. And yes, I can see that might happen. Just on Marcus's story, remember this is Marcus, who, whose 10 and 7 paid him a cent since last October and he can't get them out. And going through the RTB could take him many months. And he's currently living in a van. Uh, the Cork truck driver on Twitter says the only legal way is to go through the RTB. Anything else will see him have fines or compensation or payouts issued against him. I wouldn't be a landlord for love nor money. Even when he gets them out, the place will probably be trashed then. And it'll cost him thousands to put it right again. And those are your thoughts on some of the stuff we've had this morning. 0818-969696. So, Teresa, you've been homeless now for, what, uh, about a year and a half? And a tell, year and a half, yeah. Tell me what's been happening for you. Basically, I've been on to the council, and the council is, um, I explained to the council with my situation that we're homeless and we've nowhere to go. And they asked me where where was I staying at the time, and I told explained to them that I'm staying with my sister in her house on her couch. Right. And my husband was staying with his brother in their house on their couch because uh, none of our family members had room for us to stay together. And um, I've been on to the council every day since that, and um, trying to get emergency accommodation or anything off them. And basically, they were telling me that. There's nothing that they could do for me over my payment. Uh, my payment is way too low and I wouldn't be able to afford um, uh, food shopping, ESB, rent right. over my payment. And basically they're telling me that there's no way possible that they're giving me, they're doing anything for me. So let's track back a bit. So, so are you on welfare? I am, yeah. You are, and, and is your husband on welfare? Um, he is that. Okay. So between the two of you, what would you have? Um, we get I get paid two thirty five for myself and my husband. Right. Oh, oh, that's for both of you. That's for that's all you have. Both of us. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but when I first started claiming for my husband, I actually got a letter from the social welfare stating that I'd be getting paid three hundred and thirty seven euro a week for myself and my husband. I see. And when I start getting paid, then I only start to get. They only start to pay me two hundred and twenty-five. Like I have the letter and everything from them stating that they be paying me three hundred and seven euros. Right. So you should actually be getting more, according to a letter that you have. Yeah. Um. I actually got onto them um about two months ago, and uh, I sent back a letter to fill in my information on a letter, and I sent it back to them, and they still never got back onto me. Social welfare. 
and the, the council said they won't put you into emergency accommodation. Do they say why? Uh, over my payment, they said. But sure, they'd surely pay for emergency accommodation, wouldn't they? B&B or something? Yeah, that, that's what I said to them as well, and they told me I wouldn't be able to afford it with my payment. There's no way I'd be able to live. Keep myself going, they said, with my money. Now, at one point, did you get yourself a caravan? Um, I did because we, myself and my husband, because uh, my sister, she actually had, she had two children and she had another one, so she had no room for me. Like I had to leave. Yeah. And she was only a two-bedroom house herself, you see. And and my husband left then as well with me because he wasn't going to let me be out in the street on my own. Of course. And we were sleeping rough for a few days, and I just couldn't stick it no more. It was very um, stressful and stuff. Yeah. And. I got onto a few family members and I got to lend the money to um, buy the caravan. Right. And I I got the caravan then and I had to pay someone to pull it into um, Mallow Council Waste Yard. Right. And, but the council got got me, got a junction to get me out of it. Okay. Okay. So where where are you now? Like, where did you stay last night? Um, I, um, I had to get someone to pull the caravan out of the yard and I just, got him to pull it into another place here in Mallow. Right. A picnic area because I had nowhere to go and I rang the council before. I left the yard and asked them are there any way that there anything at all that they could do for me and she just told me no, there's nothing they could do for me. So you have a caravan now and yeah. uh, you've had people lend you money to buy it. You, you have nowhere yeah. to put it. Um, so effectively you and your husband are in this caravan on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Would you get HAP if you looked for it, Teresa? Um, I've been trying to get HAP. I, I was accepted for HAP and I've been looking and looking. The council gets on to me as well when um, rental properties comes online. But I, it's all I'm entitled to is 650 And like the council told me themselves that there's no way I'd be able to get a rental property around my area for over my price range. And the council told me that themselves as well. I am only entitled to 650 Right. And of course, with with the very limited amount of money that you have, you can't yeah. even top that up. What's the possibility of yourself or your husband getting a job? Um, I I I get a job tomorrow. It's just I don't have a fixed address. It's like I got loads of job offers, job interviews, but I do not have a fixed address there because I could be moved on from to I could be moved on from here tomorrow, and I have nowhere. Sure, but could you not give? the address of a relative like your sister that you've been that put you up on the couch could, could you not give that address yeah I could but um, I don't have trans- like I don't drive so I don't have transport so I need to be closer in my area like yeah but no what I'm saying is you could just give that address you don't actually have to live there yeah I, I understand but what my opinion is I could be moved from here tomorrow and I don't know where I'm going to end up right right so so where you are now yeah and I like I've no transport so I wouldn't be able to walk to where I get the job like so there's no point in taking a job because you don't know whether the caravan will be where yeah I got you I yeah. got you and you're looking for more help from the council is it or are you, are you looking for someone to, to rent you a place if, a, if anybody's listening who has a place that they could rent you well if anybody is listening to have a rental property I'd be more than happy but 
as I said, I'm only entitled to 650 and there's not many rental properties around that price range. Yeah, but sure, if you were working and you had an address, you'd have a couple of bob to put on top of the 650, wouldn't you? Yes, I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a difficult situation. I, it is very difficult now. Have you kids, Teresa? Um, I don't. I say I don't want to start a family till I have my own home. Well, that's, that's, that's wise. Yeah. What age are you? Um, I'm 24. It's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. Yeah. Your husband's not working, no? No. I guess a, a job would solve an awful lot of problems for both of you. Um, we know. But as I said, it's like I don't know where I'm going to end up tomorrow. Like. Yeah, I understand. Mm. And where I am at the moment, I'm three mile outside Mallowtown, so mm. I wouldn't be able to walk that far. Like I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So you, you don't see yourself as having very much hope, do you? No. Like the council offered me emergency accommodation first, and then um, the woman called out to me and um, basically told me that she's not giving me emergency accommodation. Right. You because of your payment. My payment, Jack. Okay. It's too low. And did you ask her what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to stay? Yeah, she tells me move back to my uh, family. Yeah, you see, that's how they view it. You, you yeah. actually have somewhere to go if you're stuck. You can go back to a family member. But you say that you can't, you see. But, yeah, I wouldn't be able to go back to my family members because... My parents have nine children in a three-bedroom house and my husband's parents is actually in emergency accommodation themselves. I see. I see. Yeah, but there's nowhere like for us possible to go. Right. And if you had a place to put the caravan, could you take that? I could, yeah. It's probably give me a place. Yeah. And I can get a job then as well and we can see could we get work from there and get out. Like, could you put the caravan on, on a site? I mean, are you a member of the travelling community you are? I am, yeah. yeah. Is, is it, could, could you be housed on a on a council halting site, say, with your caravan? There's none in Mallow. Not that I know of anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You are kind of like, stuck. I, yeah, I have been working since I was 16, and then I got married, and in 2020 then, that's when I finished my last job. Right. And that's, that's what... I'm not afraid to work. Like I love, I love working. I I was a cleaner and I love cleaning. Sure, sure, sure. You're just looking for a bit of a break, really. Yeah, because it's very depressing. Like you don't know where you're going to end up tomorrow. Like you don't have a home. Yeah, and and the council's attitude would seem to be, well, actually, you both have families that you can stay with. But but you say that's fine. But our families don't have room for us. Yeah. And and besides, your husband and wife, you want to be together. Yeah, I explained that all to the council, but they're just not listening to me. Teresa, I don't have any answers for you. I don't know if anybody does, but I wish you luck. Yeah. Have any of your local elected members of the council any, spoken to any of your councillors, county councillors? Um, I was just on to Sean Sherlock today. I'm just waiting for him to get back to me. Okay, okay, Deputy Sherlock. All right. Keep in touch with us and let us know how you get on. I will, yeah. Take care now.
thank you very much. I really appreciate your help. Now, I spoke to Teresa a couple of days ago. Since we did that, uh, she's been in touch again to say that she's got confirmation now from welfare that her payments will increase to the full amount she was initially promised. So that's progress of a kind. 0818969696. The Ahada Centre Theatre Group have been on to say they present all shook up, which I assume is about Elvis, but then again shouldn't assume anything, I suppose. It's called All Shook Up, and it's at Ahada Community Centre, Friday, April 1st, Saturday 2nd, Sunday 3rd, and Friday, April 8th, 9th, and 10th, uh, including uh, the uh, price is €22, including booking fee, but it's all in aid of the Cork City Missing Persons Search and Rescue Group. And Find the information on Facebook for further details. And the Cork... City Missing Persons Search and Rescue Group were among those honoured at the Pride of Cork Awards on Friday night. I came in yesterday armed with a full list of who got awards and who didn't, and I lost the list, of course, but when someone comes up who got it, I'm happy to mention them. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. At 2.15 I've got another knockout hit. Could help you get yourself to New York City to see Katie Taylor in action and I'm playing the best tunes in Cork across the afternoon from 12 here on Cork's 96FM. Right we heard from Alan O'Reilly earlier on the weather should be very good which means we'd expect a big turnout on a very special Remembrance Day event for those who died while in nursing home care during the pandemic more than 2,000 people are expected to attend two events one here and one in Dundalk and many of them of course will be families who lost loved ones uh, the care champions are the organisers and they're holding the vigils because they're the counties with some of the worst hit nursing homes during the pandemic. Pat Coyle is organiser here in Cork. Pat, good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. Good. Tell me about it. Tell me what's happening and where and when. Yeah, it's a Remembrance Day event, as you said, for the families to remember the ones that died in nursing homes, hospitals and care settings. This actually started last year on the 6th of March. Would have been the first anniversary of the nursing homes shutting their doors. And Majella Beattie from Care Champions and the volunteers in Care Champions, they organised an online event last year. And this year it was decided to try and have two public events, one in Cork and the other one is in Dundalk. And... Hopefully, it'll give families a chance to meet up for the first time and remember their loved ones. Yeah, and it'll be it will coincide with the Care Champions online online event that day, which a live stream from eleven o'clock until seven in the evening. Okay, okay, because we reckon now that over two thousand one hundred people died in in nursing homes and other care settings. That was a huge number, like yeah, a very high number. And I think it actually might be just a small bit higher over the last month or so. Yeah. But the families are looking for a public inquiry. They have answers. 
that they want yeah. to be explained to. Yeah, and there's serious concerns about a lot of stuff that's after coming out from the nursing homes between what's a brewer stepping forward. Yeah. And basically the way families were treated trying to get information. Yeah. 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 Was very bad. And that'll happen in its in the fullness of its own time, I suspect. But here on Friday, yeah. three o'clock, well it starts at half two and then you're going to the new Marina Park near Parky Cueve. Yeah, families to start gathering after two o'clock. And then at three o'clock there'll be a candlelight ceremony to remember all those who died. Mm. And after that then people will mingle amongst themselves. It's basically just to remember them as the people they were. Because, yeah. as you said, the numbers there a while ago, the state just looks at them as numbers, yeah. but they're actually people who had families that cared for them. That's right. And this is to give people a chance to come out and remember their loved ones yeah. and neighbours and mm. friends. You're, the invi- you're inviting people to bring a photo as well. Yes, if they want to bring photos, they'll go on display. And as I say, it's going to be live streamed. So we'll video the photos as we go along. Right. And they'll go up live on the Care Champion site. Okay, okay. And when will that be Just to available then? Will it be available on the day? The, the, the oh stream? yeah, it'll be available on the day. The, the Care Champions will live stream on Facebook at 11 o'clock that morning until 7 o'clock that evening. And as the ceremony here in Cork is taking place, that will be live streamed up to the Care Champions site. Very good. Okay. All right. So two, two o'clock on Friday, gathering at Parky Cueve, moving off at two thirty, bringing a candle and indeed bring a photo of the lost loved one, and to remember those who died in nursing homes and other care settings. The Marina Park, Monaghan Road, Friday half two. Thank you very much, Pat Coyle, who's the organizer of that. Cork event and live streamed as well at the Care Champions website. And he's right, you know, we will at the end of all of this. And are we at the end of it yet? I, I wouldn't think so somehow, uh, given the numbers in the hospitals, etc. This morning, but we're not going to go there just now. Not going to go there just now. But um, questions will have to be asked, answered. Hard questions about what happened at the very start, in particular when the virus got into the nursing homes and wreaked havoc in there. Just on baby walkers again, my daughter was born in 2016 and had hip dysplasia. She was in a brace for over four months, so a walker was out of the question, says Sinead. A bit of support for um, what Adele was saying about baby walkers. Look, but then, kind of, they're very handy in their own way. They're very useful if you have a child of a certain age and you're trying to make a dinner or clean a kitchen or do a bit of washing or whatever you're trying to do around the house. If you're trying to take a break for yourself, put the child in the walker for half an hour and let them run, run around the floor and keep it nice and safe. But don't be leaving in it all day, I think, is the, is the message from... From the experts. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.
Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guides to nightlife. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. On Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. After eight years of continued touring success with We've Only Just Begun, the Carpenters show featuring their greatest love songs is back. Tony Lee returns to Ireland with her 30-piece orchestra in March and it comes to Cork Opera House on Monday 28. Access all areas. Comedian Dermot Whelan announced a Cork date for his unique stress-busting show, Mindful. A certified meditation teacher, Dermot comes to the Everyman Cork on Sunday 20th of March with tickets on sale now. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Now, if you're out for a walk over the uh, long, hopefully warm, beautiful spring uh, holiday weekend, according to... Uh, Carla Weather, uh, you might want to find a coffee. And there are loads of them. And it's one of the things that's kind of stayed with us since lockdown. Because during lockdown, when we had to stay within our 5K and all we could do was walk in the woods or wander around the field or go down by the river or wherever, and it was nice. It was all we had. We had to make it nice. People started setting up coffee docks and coffee sheds and coffee, whatever, horse boxes. And some of them are still there. And there's a load of them still there. And there are some new ones have just been added. And Yay Cork, which is a great website, has been listing off some of the new ones. Uh, and they'll be there and hopefully open across the weekend for your St. Patrick's Day bank holiday stroll. Christina Collins from Yay Cork. Christina, good morning. How are you? Oh, good. We, we all thought that the minute lockdown ended that these would disappear, but they haven't. Loads of them have stayed with us. No, not at all. Yeah, they keep springing up and um, it's delightful to see them really because uh, they're just a nice focal point of your walk and to to meet and greet and get the coffee. Just Sure, we love an excuse. <laughs> and some of them, aren't, they don't stop at just coffee. Like some of them are doing very nice food and have gained quite a reputation. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's some, uh, there's some, there's some healthy options and there's not so healthy options. But there, you know, like uh, there's some waffles, or you can get, um, you can get a protein uh, bowl in uh, a few of them, um, and some nice treats as yeah. well. If you you're Rocky Roads in there, in other ones as well, you could. There's no. a Rocky Road. Yeah, we love a Rocky <laughs> Road. Sure, sure. Uh, can, yeah, your protein bowl is nice, but I, I don't know. After a, I, I like an old Rocky Road. Go through some of the new ones. I, th- I haven't come across this. Cup of Joe's looks like a lovely place. Cup of Joe's, yeah. Um, that's down near Jacob's Island. It, it, the, the idea for the article really came about because um, with people in the comments from the first one up, up and up and, you know, they're, they're raging because we left out some of their favourites. Yeah. So we said, Jesus, we better, we better put together another list now of, um, of these ones and check them out. Um, but yeah, Cup of Joe's is down by Jacob's Island and it overlooks um, Loch Mann. So uh, it's just there on the bend of the river in absolutely fabulous views. Um, and I'd never been down there myself previously, but it's it's a it's a lovely one really near the city, especially if you don't have mm. if you don't have your you know go away down there and, and grab yourself a coffee. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely now, spot. Now down in East Cork, lovely Gary Vaux. Gary Vaux's a beautiful beach, but it's not really well known for the number of attractions around it. Obviously there's the hotel, but I think the shop is gone. It, there was a shop, I think that's gone. So <laughs> Coffee Ola will be a coffee great addition. Ola. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, a bit further east than what I usually go, but um, um, yeah, that's the one with the rocky roads there now, and a lovely, fabulous views of the sea. So um, I don't know about yourself, but uh, like down in Ross Carberry, in the last article, there's um, uh, there was the there was the cliff walk. Yes. So I myself love um, anything near the beach. Um, I absolutely love going to. So when I saw this one. I said that's right up my street. Cafe Ola, our Cafe Ola is um, on the Gary Vaux Beach there, so um, it's uh, it's an absolutely wonderful spot to to grab a coffee and um, a sweet treat for yourself. The playground in Passage West it to be it to be thronged with smallies and parents gagging for a coffee. They've got one now. Gigi's, yeah, Gigi's, yeah, Gigi's uh, vintage coffee van, um, and there's some lovely schwans there that you could uh, maybe not pet, but certainly uh, have a look at whilst you're enjoying your coffee. And a great one, obviously, as well for the for parents because you can, if they get bored of the walking, should they can always um, hop on a few Marys on the playground yeah. and uh, keep them entertained there between the between the between the swans and the playground and the walk and the yeah. coffee and the treats. Sure, you know. No. In in terms of treats, you're going to find it hard to beat the one in Glenmire with pizza and stuff. Oh, yeah. The river. Where is that? I'm trying to place this in my head. Where is it? Um, God, I'm terrible now with directions. I wouldn't be able to give you. Um, it's the Rocky Road Walk in Glenmire. It's right. um, it's I I I'm I wouldn't be able to give you a full okay. map. I'd have to draw it out for you, PJ. <laughs> That's fine. But I mean, it's, it's um, obviously near the river in Glenmire, and someone will know. Yeah. If I go down there and dance. Where is it? They'll tell me. They'll tell me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a lovely one because um, you know you if you if you like a lot of greenery because some people and it's very quiet and very serene. So um, and uh, to sit down there, it'd be a lovely date. Now I know Valentine's Day is gone, but um, I think that would be a lovely date one myself. I wouldn't mind that. Right, and you also found another lovely one out in Blarney. Uh, lots, lots, lots of listeners and uh, fans of the show out around Blarney. Uh, Clock, Clockine Milken Sanctuary Walk. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been out there yourself. No. Have you ever passed it? If you ever pass it on the way into Blarney, 
It's a really, really long walk. It's really long and you always see people walking there. Oh, and there's, is this off the Mallow Road? There's a car park. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just along there. And um, you'd, you'd see all kinds of wildlife inside there. Um, and yeah, so, you, you know, pick up a coffee then when you're in Cooper's Cafe. It's a nice... It's on, that's only open at the weekend so far anyway, Friday okay. to Sunday. But... Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, okay. another, it's another good one. All right. Well, people can go to yacork.ie and find out all the details and some lovely pictures. I will say, enjoy your website, uh, Christina. Good to chat with you. Christina Collins from yacork.ie. A lot of kind of happy stuff, like coffee and walks and things like that. you find plenty of it on, on yacork. And they're the ones that uh, will be open for the bank holiday weekend, where we're told, I, I can't say this often enough, we're told the weather will be lovely. Spring will have sprung properly uh, by the weekend. And speaking of the weekend, we're counting down to the first big bank holiday of the year here on Cork's 96 FM. We'll be turning up the feel-good vibe with five for the weekend. Uh, Listen after the news headlines at 1, 3, 5 and 9 this Wednesday to enjoy five of the biggest feel-good tunes all mixed together. We'll get you in the groove for the extra-long four-day bank holiday, double bank holiday weekend. Five for the weekend mixes playing this Wednesday from one, only on Cork's 96FM. Could you please mention on air there's a coffee morning highlighting adult education coming up at CSN, Kloster Stefan Nefe, Friday 25th March at 10 in the morning. All are welcome event is to highlight adult education and for those that want to go further on their present level of education. Coffee Morning will be an introduction for mature students to see what's available and what would suit their needs as there is something there for everyone. We also got a call from Michelle. And this is quite a sad story. Michelle Connor has been in touch and asked us to mention a fundraiser for her brother, Niall. Now, Niall died, Niall's wife Niall's wife died quite suddenly in March back on the 12th of March which was just the other day they had come back to Ireland from the UK for a family wedding oh, what a tragedy they'd come back for a family wedding and they're now trying to raise money to get her body back to the UK and to pay for funeral expenses the GoFundMe is called Help Me Get My Wife Home to the UK that's very tragic and we're so Sorry to hear that. This family came back to Cork for a family wedding. 12th March, which is only the other day. Saturday was to be the wedding. And then, uh, oh God, now his wife died suddenly. And now they're trying to get the body back to the UK and cover expenses. And they can be horrendously expensive times, let alone tragic times. So if you want to help that and you know anybody involved, it's called Help Me Get My Wife Home to the UK. 0818 96 96 96. Now speaking of fundraisers and totally something totally different, Emer Keaveney is the co-founder of Orca Ireland and a marine mammal ecologist and you're encouraging us to go to Shirkin to go swimming. Are you mad, woman? Emer, good morning. <laughs> it's too cold yet. Good morning, PJ. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to share the news that um, Orc Ireland will be hosting a four-day fundraising event from the 17th to the 20th of March to revive marine research on Shirkin Island with the development of a new Orca Research Centre. So um, we're hosting four, four-day events 
And um, essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise money um, to revive marine research on the island because the old marine um, station has been closed down now since 2015. And that was a huge loss, not only to the community of Shirkin and Baltimore, mm. but also to the entire country, you know. Mm. This is Matt's old, old station, isn't it? Matt Murphy's old station. Matt Murphy's, exactly. And, you know, we were so blessed and we were lucky to get the blessing of Matt Murphy to do this. So um, we're absolutely delighted to team up with locals from Shirkin Island to run these four-day events. And um, we're kicking off the events with um, a talk on Sounds of the Sea and an update on our Smart Whale Sounds project at 12pm on St. Patrick's Day in the Sherkin Island Community and Development Centre. Sure. And that will be um, followed then by, um, it will be followed by uh, the, the St. Paddy's Day Parade, which we'll, we'll all be meeting outside of the Jolly Rogers pub at 2.30pm. Right. What a, what a great spot. It is. It's a fantastic spot. And, you know, it's it's a, a treasure to Ireland. It really is. And on the 18th of March, then, we'll be hosting an online workshop on marine wildlife via Zoom, which will um, be followed then by a land-based citizen science shore watch for marine mammals and seabirds at 2pm. And we'll be meeting outside Shirk and North Shore Accommodation and Discovery. And then on the 19th of March at 2pm, we're running a family fun day with a BioBlitz event, which will essentially be a scavenger hunt to record as many diverse marine species as you can through the Observer's app. And we'll finish off long weekend then at 2pm with a sea swim fundraiser on Silver Strand on Cherkin Island. That's the bit I was starting with you about. Like, is it yeah. not a bit cold still? <laughs> Uh, well, wetsuits are welcome, you know. Like, there's no rules. You can bring a wetsuit if you like. You you don't have to wear one if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's the time that people start thinking over the next few weeks now. Well, except for these crazy people who swim all year round, I can't understand how they do it at all. I'm jealous they're of them because they souls. can, but... <laughs> yeah, they're brave souls, for sure. And, uh, you know, you can... You can support this great initiative um, by purchasing tickets through the, our Eventbrite or you can also visit our Facebook page or Instagram page. Yeah. But I think, you know, so many people have been touched um, by the old marine station on yeah. Turkin Island and it's really ignited a passion in the local area for marine conservation. So yeah. if you do support the initiative, do feel free to come along. And um, you, we're taking donations on site and through our website at right. www.orcaireland.org. So uh, it's, it's a fantastic four-day um, event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shirkin is, is a little treasure of a place. I, I haven't seen Matt in, in a long time. How, how's he doing? Matt isn't in the best health at the moment, as far as I know, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was really honoured to have a chance to converse with him um, about this yeah. and have his support. So yeah. we're really, really honoured. And our whole team here at Ork Ireland are very excited for the event and very excited for the summer ahead. Fantastic. fantastic. Well, if you're talking to him, please give him my best regards personally because he was a man a great time for. Matt was talking about saving the seas before it was fashionable or popular. And exactly. he should always be remembered for that. Emer, thank you very much, and have good have a good fortune with that now. And hopefully, the weather will be will be smashing down in uh, in West Cork for that uh, fabulous four day fundraiser and great crack. The long weekend on beautiful, beautiful Sherkin Island. Uh, thanks for that, uh, that Emer uh, Keevney, uh, who is the co founder of Orca Ireland. They have their. Uh, Talk on Patrick's Day, workshops, scavenger hunts and the swim 
on the 20th of March. 0818-969696. And we had some very excited people yesterday. The first qualifiers came out of the drum yesterday to go forward for the uh, Corks 96 FM Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano giveaway. They meet in Madison Square Garden on April 30th for the lightweight world title. The biggest boxing match in the history of women's boxing. It's on April 30th and it's on at the moment. We're seeking qualifiers and looking for people to go through every day at 8.15, 2.15 and 5.15. We play a knockout hit. Don't worry, we'll tell you what it is. We'll tell you we're doing it. And then, when you've all three song titles, you need to text or WhatsApp Lorraine on the big drive home and that's your chance to qualify. The prize, like this is a humdinger of a prize. Not only are you going to see Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano on Saturday 30th of April at Madison Square Garden, you'll have tickets for that. You'll have return flights to New York from either Dublin or Shannon, whichever suits you. Three nights luxury accommodation in Manhattan and we'll give you 250 quid to spend. What a prize. And you'll be listening for the next the next knockout hit at 2.15 today with Simon. It's all brought to you by Noel DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in their award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noeldc.com. Competition only on Cork's 96 FM. Getting back to Marcus's story from earlier. Uh, still some stuff coming in. To remind you one more time, Marcus uh, is back in Cork. He's a house here. He was away in Spain. He rented out his house. His tenants stopped paying their rent last October. He wants to evict them, but has discovered that the law isn't exactly on his side. The guards have spoken to them, but they can't do a whole pile either. They haven't given a penny. They own the bones of seven grand. Haven't given a cent since last October. And all he gets is you've got to go through the RTB. You have to go through the RTB. And their process is painfully slow. And he was saying, he's living in a van. He owns this house. His tenants are in breach of their agreement by not paying their rent. But he can't get them out. He's living in a van and wondering like, what, what part of that is is even report remotely fair. Hi PJ, I'm a, a private homeowner with four young children. Due to job loss, I had to move down the country for work. I had to rent out my home uh, at just enough to cover the mortgage and my family, and I had to rent a house down the country. My tenant stopped paying the rent, and my family and I suffered trying to cover our own rent on top of a mortgage. I followed all the RTB guidelines. It took over a year to get the tenants out. They left a debt of €11,000 in unpaid rent. The tenant was a recipient of rent allowance, which she pocketed herself. That was four years ago. I have never seen that money again. You you would have to come down on the side of the landlords there, wouldn't you? That definitely the rights seem to be more on the side of the tenant. If you're still looking for a booster vaccination, and lots of people still are, some people are still looking for their first or second vaccination, and that's fine too, and no one will judge you if, if you are still looking for one. Connor Phelan was on to say their branch Feelings the lock is taking bookings at the moment for vaccinations there. 
mentioned the Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano giveaway. We got a qualifier yesterday. Poor Vicky nearly crashed the car when she realised she was the winner. She had to stop. She was uh, talking to Lorraine last evening. This is uh, Vicky, who I think, is she, is she from Douglas? She is. It's on my bucket list to go to Madison Square Garden. Well, Vicky, I can get you one step closer if you can Woo! tell me today's three knockout hits. Vicky Hill, my heart goes. Yeah. Hadaway, what is love? And the last one, Shane Codd, get out of my head. So Hadaway, what is love? Becky Hill, my heart goes. Shane Codd, get out of my head. Vicky, you're one step closer to New York City. Oh my God, Larry, and only for I'm driving the car now I start clapping but I'm going to crash the car. Don't, don't start clapping, Vicky. Larry, I'm delighted. Thanks a million. She's excited. There's another knockout hit at quarter past two and another qualifier this evening on Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Is your husband, is your wife, your partner, your boyfriend, girlfriend, an absolute idiot? Check this one out. My partner got beat by a dog and she went to the vest to get a tetanus shot. <laughs> Oh, it looks like I'm an animal, though. <laughs> One more time. My partner got beat by a dog, and she went to the vet to get a tetanus shot. That actually happened. I would love to have seen the look on the vet's face when she turned up. Sorry about getting bit she by a dog. She also dropped a hammer on her toe. She went to a tetanus <laughs> shop to get sausages. Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool. First Skoda in the city. Now taking orders for 221. And always open 24-7 at noldc.com. It's 96 the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. 0818 We have a bit of a, a forced, or forced in a long time at least, coming up in studio in just a while that, that we haven't had an actual live breathing, living, breathing studio guest that wasn't a senior politician for for two years and I've got one sitting in front of me. I won't tell you who it is just yet. I'm going to play you a song first and I got to hear this for the first time this morning at around 20 past seven and I thought, yep, yep, he's still got it. remember all those wild Gavin James, welcome. Good to see you, how's things? Good. The last time Grant. I saw you was in, in Reardon's a couple of years ago. You did a big night for our <laughs> listeners. It was a great night. That was Gaffer. How good is it to be back? Doing all the gigs and all that. I'm buzzing, it's great. I'm very happy to be back. We yeah. did loads as, as much as we could during lockdown to kind of keep everything going. Doing gigs in my kitchen. Doing yeah. everything. Setting up like shopping the toilet and everything. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's great to get back and actually do stuff. So we've kind of finished off a tour and then... Um, in the UK with James Blunt for yeah. two weeks. It was the first time we're on the bus together and having yeah. just having yeah. everybody with each other. So, well, come back to that in a minute because James Blunt is much bigger than you think. I, oh, he's I, made, yeah. He's a huge, huge. He's very crack. Uh, but like, bring us back to the to the start where it all just stopped. 
How long did you think you'd be off stage for? I I thought it was about I'd say three months. I'd say I didn't. Nobody knew at all. I finished uh, the three arena gig on 29th February, and then two weeks went by. I think there was a few more gigs. Yeah. That that time, and then I, I think everybody thought the same. Obviously, for the first two weeks, it's like ah, it'd be gone, it'd be gone. Yeah. Like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Then it was the year, and then it was two years. Yeah. And then so, there was yeah. a couple of false starts. And a few, the false starts were the, were the were the hardest bits, I think, because everybody was planning stuff, everybody was getting yeah. stuff done. Yeah. And and there was fellas like selling their gear and selling their lights. Which and, sucks. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, bad. It was terrible. A lot of people. Now, tell the the good fine. thing is you're back. Yeah. yeah and you're back. in Cork on the second and third of April. Yes. So I'm buzzing. Yeah. It's the first one. It's like proper capacity everybody in one room yeah. kind of buzz and I haven't played Cork in like probably the guts of four years so it's been a few years yeah, yeah. you did it as I said did our listener party and I think you did you did it, You did an opera house gig as well yeah that was 2019 is actually the last time I played a yeah. game in Cork yeah, yeah, yeah. A long now, time. you won't just and you of course you've been writing so have you yeah. a lot of new material to, to play around with I'll be testing out I'll be testing out loud so the album was meant to be coming out probably around April, same time, but I've pushed it now to June. Right. So I'll be testing out a few tunes. Very so good, very, <laughs> good. Be okay. very good. Now, also, everyone's concerned about safety. We're back. We hope to yeah. stay back. So you, what's this about air filters? You so I have, um, yeah, HEPA filters coming at the gig. So we actually had them on the tour bus when we were there. Right. And um, yeah, just cleans the air. It's just a little bit extra, like, feel safe kind of buzz. So like, yeah. um, it's going to make, if anybody's like worried about it. I mean, I did a gig in Wheelands the other night and it was... After a couple of songs, you could kind of feel people getting a bit looser and like feeling it because if having loads of people around you for the first yeah. time in two years is a bit is mad. Well, well, I mean, when you look at it for, for a while, when we could go to something, you had to sit sit in your seat and practically not move. Yeah, yeah. Ask on and fine, it was lovely to be at a gig, but it yeah. just wasn't the well, same. It's nice. It's nice seeing people just coming out or skinned again. So like, yeah, like the heavy fields are there just make you feel a bit more at ease. If like, right, right. and it, it's it's deal with a company they they come with you in the bus and yeah, so it's pretty grand. So it's, it's the time of the bus and then. Obviously, we'll do, be finishing off a few gigs in September as well. We pushed a few gigs in September, so that, they'll be at that as well. So Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Now, tell me about James Blunt, because everyone remembers you're beautiful. But there's yes. an awful lot more to James Blunt than just that. Oh, he's unbelievable. I did a tour with him seven years ago as well, by mm-hmm. myself, and I was on the bus with him and all, so he's had the best time ever. So he's, he's lovely, and my dad loves him as well. He loves me dad. <laughs> so he's, he's a very unassuming fella. He when yeah. he does an interview, you kind of you sort of hang on. This guy writes. He writes wonderful music, and he's so unassuming and yeah. so he's quiet. Real, real nice, and he's very funny on Twitter. Very funny online as well. Yeah, some yeah. of the stuff he puts up is he hilarious. A, he's a huge following on Twitter because he's yeah. so, my, my my wife is weak for him on Twitter. He's so, he's so funny. funny. He's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, he called. I was, we were doing the tour with him. His greatest hits tour, and he kept yeah. opening like saying, "It's my greatest hit." <laughs> like, so, he'd be very funny and he has a ukulele he said I do bring this to the bedroom as well he's very yeah. some of the stuff he says is, is outrageously so funny so where'd you play on that gig on that tour so Wembley was one of the ones which was mad Did it, all, all arenas kind of buzz so mm. it was mad playing because after two years of not doing anything right. and it, well we did it one or two things but it, then it was just arenas for two weeks yeah so madness yeah, you're. It's so. I can see you're. You're. You're buzzing. It's so good buzzing. to be back. I can't wait to do this one in Cork now because even I've released so many songs during lockdown. Even to hear people, if they even know the words are. Even yeah. bo- bo- I released a song called Boxes like two years ago. Yeah, Boxes so, was the last one I remember. That so was, that's two years ago, and I've never heard people sing that back ever. Well, you will now. I hope, I hope so. I don't. You will, you will, no, you've always, in fairness, you, you've always had a, had a great reaction on Cork. Yeah, I love that here. It's class. Yeah. The other one, the new one, I just see it, they've popped it up here in front yeah. of me. So tell me about this. This is the first radio play of your new song. Yeah, so this one is like, um, this one's coming out before, we have a new song coming out next month, so this is like a little 
part of what the album will sound like. Mm. And then the next one is out in April. I have another one coming out in April. Right. Actually, the day of the first Cork Opera House is when it comes out. Yeah. Were you, well, like, um, were you able to go in and record during lockdown? Or were recording studios shut down as well? I, I just did it from home. I kind of had right. to learn how to do stuff. So yeah, yeah. You, you did this at home now? So I did, I did loads. No, this was actually done in London, but the majority of the album was recorded at home. Right. Yeah. But uh, and then I, when I could eventually fly to London to my mate, Ollie, who does a lot of work with me, um, I, yeah, kind of eventually got over there. Wasn't it, wasn't it really cool the way people repurposed, like, yeah, they, went they in to, yeah. and, and just used their phones and their tablets to make gigs for themselves? Yeah, the it? Zooms and it, mad. Yeah. Everybody adapted a bit as much as they could, I guess. You know, I mean, even, even, even Phil Coulter started yeah. doing online gigs. Like, it's but deadly. It, like. <laughs> but people are at home, like, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Like. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're, you're, not, you're not wrong. You said some people, like, right, yeah. I finished Netflix, where do I go now? Where do you go now? It's hard. <laughs> and Amazon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's find, let's find, and he had a few, few of my pals were doing regular gigs yeah. uh, down here here in, in, in lockdown as well doing them on, online so this yeah. song is called Jealous tell me yeah. a bit about it oh so Jealous is actually this song took a year or two to write to finish had mm. to change it every every time it's the longest song I've ever had to write took forever so the chorus was different like six times and so like it's it's just a very sad song that introduces to what the album will sound like as a whole thing okay so this is a taster <laughs> for the album the album will be called what it's called oh I've changed it again sorry <laughs> it's called The Sweetest Part it's The called, Sweetest Part yeah. right and this is called Jealous this is the brand new single this has never been played on the radio before and uh, great to see you again can't wait to see, to see you in the opera house it, it's uh, I, do, I don't I, they're, if they're not sold out they will be oh yeah so the, the one on there Saturday is sold or is it Friday the first, the second, second and the third. Se- there we yeah, are. The, the second is sold out. The third is a few tickets left. So that'd be good. All right. Okay. And and this this and other tasters from the new album will be getting an airing as well as all the favorites. Gavin, Class. great great to see you, bud. Great, great to see you, man. See you. And good to be back with uh, with live music. This is the new single, first radio play, "Jealous" from Gavin James on Corks ninety six FM. Stay there while that was playing. Because I think it's so new that you actually haven't heard it on a decent set of speakers before. Yeah, I've, I've been at home. I'm listening to it mostly on my telly. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to to hear your own stuff like that? Usually, if it's in a car and, you're on, and it's on the radio, I have to. Uh, it's weird. It's yeah. mad. Yeah, so as I was saying to you earlier, when we're listening to that, I, taxi drivers are always like, "I'm in a taxi and I hear it." Yeah, and I usually always like mess saying like, "Oh, I hate that fella. He's <laughs> terrible." Can we turn him off, please. And, then, and you were saying to me that you're you were particularly nervous about this one because you haven't had a chance really to test it. None of them audience. yet. Well, usually, I mean, I, I played boxes when boxes was out in 2020. I played that in 2016. Yeah, at a festival. Yeah, <laughs> and it came out four years later. Like so, yeah. I got to kind of test it and see what it was like, and I kind of had a gauge of what it could be or what it could do. Yeah. Well, so. I think the, you're onto a nice one. It's, it's lovely. Cheers. It's really nice. Really well produced. Cheers, really thanks well much. And thanks. Gavin, good to see you again. Good Pleasure. To get, good to get you back in studio, Gavin James. Cheers, buddy. And the new song called "Jealous" on Corks ninety six FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96FM wants to send you and a friend to the biggest fight of all time in women's boxing. Katie Taylor takes on Amanda Serrano for the women's lightweight world title at Madison Square Garden. And you could be there. It's just a TKO. 
Listen weekdays at 8.15, 2.15 and 5.15. To hear the knockout hits. The knockout hits. When you have all three, text or WhatsApp the big drive home for your chance to qualify. Flights, accommodation, spending money and tickets to Taylor versus Serrano on April 30th in New York. It's just a TKO. With no DC cars, Blackpool. Put your trust in their award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noldc.com. Listen and win weekdays only on Cork's 96FM. First night of Gavin's two gigs at the Opera House, 2nd of April, sold out. Some tickets left for the second night, which is April the 3rd. Good to see him again, and he's in good voice, and he's got new music out, that one called Jealous. And before that, we played Greatest Hits on Cork's 96FM. I tell you, he's got to be... <laughs> I mean, I'm not small, right? He's about 12 foot tall. He's huge. We just got a couple of photographs taken there. And sure, poor Fiona is only up to about his belly button, I'd say. He's enormous. Uh, great to see those gigs selling out. Uh, first one gone for the 2nd of April. 2nd night, 3rd of April. Sold out. Gavin James on Cork's 90s. So, something else that's probably sold out, I'd say you'd hardly get a ticket for it now, is Cheltenham. It all starts today, and I was saying at 9 o'clock this morning that, to be honest with you, when it comes to horse racing, I was watching the golf last night. I understand golf. I watch the snooker. I understand snooker. I love the rugby. I can't wait for the summer of hurling and all that. But I don't know the first thing about... Horse racing. I really wouldn't know which way to point the horse, and that's not that's not exaggerating. So let's call on the services of Patrick Mulcahy from uh, C103 Sports, and of course, uh, fascinated by this over the next few days. It is the biggest festival of its kind in this in this season, isn't it, Patrick? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. It sure is indeed. It is the Olympics of horse racing uh, in the whole world. The best of the Irish jumpers against the best of the British jumpers facing off and what is going to be an absolute extravaganza of a four-day meeting at Cheltenham. Now, there are many meetings, of course, at Presbury Park and Cheltenham across the year. Why is this one so big? With this, ever since day dot back in the 1920s and 1930s, the Irish have been going over, taking on the big the big runners in uh, in the British uh, at this meeting, and it's just ever evolved in, and snowballing into this big, huge meeting. Of course, the previous. I suppose back up to about 20 years ago it was a three day meeting mm. but now ever since it's got to a four day meeting there's more and more hype about it each and every year and this is really the be all and end all if you win at Cheltenham you are like an Olympic champion at Tokyo last summer yeah, yeah you're up there like there's, there's Cheltenham and there's the Grand National yeah that's it so, so Cheltenham is your Olympics of the horse racing uh, sphere for National Hunt for the National Hunt uh, follower and for the Grand National at entry it is the biggest race in the world. It's where the most eyeballs in the world yeah. sit down and watch one race for 10 minutes every year. No matter what you do, you will sit down and watch it. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't know a whole pile about horse racing, but I do know that last year it was the Rachel Blackmore show and everyone will be watching her this year. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And she's kicking off today with, I suppose, with her partner in crime in Honeysuckle. She pulled off six wins last year, claiming top prize at Cheltenham. She won the Grand National, breaking all ceilings for Irish women and sports women uh, around the world. She is the one woman in sporting world that is breaking all records around her. And she'll be looking for a second champion hurdle this afternoon when she will partner Honeysuckle once again in the champion hurdle at 3.30, hoping 
hoping for racing's point of view, but from a sporting point of view, that Rachel can pull it off once again because she is pulling all the headlines in the sporting world. You must remember, PJ, that you know you talk about snooker, you talk about the golf, you talk about soccer. They all work off different levels. They all face off against women against women, yeah. men against men. Well, in racing, it's level weights. It's women versus men. And Rachel Blackmore is standing on her own two feet, taking on the men of the world. Yeah, which in a way, I suppose, and I don't wish to be in any way sexist here, but women are generally smaller and lighter than men anyway. So you would have thought that there'd be far more successful female jockeys out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I suppose the, the more successful female jockeys are few and far between. Let's call a spade a spade. But what this woman has done since she took up riding professionally in 2016 is quite, quite extraordinary. She's, what, 31 years of age now at this stage. She started professional when she was 25, riding out for a guy in Carroll called John Shark Hanlon and won her first race in Turles. I remember the race. An absolutely extraordinary ride coming up the outside and pipping the the runner up on the post. And what she has done since, she's just broken record after record after record. And she was also close last year winning the, or being runner up behind Middleton's Paul Townend in the Jockeys Championship in Ireland. But she did the next best thing, being the champion jockey at Cheltenham, winning the Grand National. She's just taken the world out in its own. Now, we've got her to watch in, in Cheltenham from the Irish point of view. And you mentioned uh, Townend. He's there, I take it? Yes, Townend is there and he'll be looking to get to the meeting off to a perfect start this afternoon because in the opening race they've got a favourite chance in Dysart a Dynamo for his boss uh, Willie Mullins and he's got a great book of rides uh, throughout the week and you would expect, uh, let's call a spade a spade the, the Irish we're going to be looking at possibly between 18 to 22 winners again this week. It was 23-5 last year. It was wow. a, a new record broken last year. We are looking at something quite similar again this week. The Irish are going to be romping away with the Presbury Cup, which is the uh, Ryder Cup between Ireland and Britain. And uh, the Irish should have a big, big, big yeah. week. Gordon Elliott will be back on the headlines for the right reasons, hopefully, as well this week. And Henry de Bromhead, of course, who trains Honeysuckle, will be looking to try and win the elusive Gold Cup again this week again with uh, I know he got Manila Endo in the race but he's also got a Plutard uh, in the Gold Cup of course that race is on Friday afternoon at 3.30 mm-hmm. but a four days superb racing and you mentioned about tickets well Thursday and Friday have been sold out with weeks on end Wednesday tomorrow is nearly sold out and there's going to be a record crowd I'm told uh, mm-hmm. this afternoon at Presbury Park it's what, going to be what, what kind of capacity does the place have Patrick? About 80,000 uh, PJ. Wow. It's massive. It's massive, you know. And so it's that's great four, four Croke Parks in a row. Correct. Absolutely. Jenny, yeah. Garth Brooks does that and you think no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, and I, I look, you'll be talking about Garrett Brooks and residents and different things, but the Cheltenham residents and Cheltenham town just takes it all in their stride and they just facilitate these four days. It yeah. raises over £100 million for the Gloucestershire economy, what? which is massive, massive money. £100 million for the local economy? For the four days. Crikey. So, I mean, I read a stat and I said, no, my eyes are still foggy. It's too early in the morning. Will they spend about a billion in betting over there? Yeah, not just there, I suppose. That's probably just the, that's the whole yeah, worldwide 
uh, markets, you know, yeah. that they would spend over about a, about a billion pounds. But like, look, a, a lot of eyeballs this week, PJ, uh, when you're watching on television, there will be millions upon millions will sit down and watch Cheltenham. Not just because of the betting, they'll sit down because yeah. they enjoy the week's racing that there is uh, throughout the week. And it is a fantastic week. There's no two ways getting the boat. I've been there. I've worn the T-shirt. It is a fantastic week uh, at Cheltenham. And so okay. is Andrew. And so many the English just do these big things so so well it's like going to your old Traffords going to your Twickenhams they do these things so so well and Cheltenham is one of those uh, that should be high up on many people's bucket lists yeah so it's all all of the all of the big names and you'll find the celebrity watch and and all that will will go on at Cheltenham all of the newspapers have massive um, supplements today Patrick I know we're not supposed to encourage betting and we'd obviously Mm. ask people to bet carefully but would you have four names for me for horses this week that I might nip down to the bookies with? Jeez, you're catching me on the hop here, PJ, really. But I think I want the four. I want, I want the, the the lucky the lucky fifteen. <laughs> the lucky fifteen. I know. That's right. Um, I suppose let's start off with Rachel Blackmore. We'll give we'll give one of her best rides of the week. I think anyway in the mayor's hurdle at four ten this afternoon. She's riding a horse called Tell Me Something Girl. She actually rode this mare to win last year on the Thursday of the meeting last year. She's about a three to one shot. She will have a chance uh, this afternoon. Let's change tactic tomorrow. And I know everybody will laugh when they say, or not laugh, but they'll say, Jeannie, why are you tipping up him for? But I think for his last race, Davy Russell back in the plate. He took a couple of weeks off just minding himself for the big meeting this week. And he's minding himself for one ride and one ride only. Tiger roll tomorrow in the cross country. Oh. If he can do it. If he can do it, TJ, it will bring the house down. Yeah. It will just be the top headline, no matter what happens for the rest of the week. That will be the headline story uh, for, the, for the rest of the week, undoubtedly. Uh, Thursday afternoon, Paddy's Day. It's going to be a massive day for the Irish. Of course, you know, we'll be celebrating it here and abroad. I suppose not, not too many people get fascinated when you see a four-horse race, but the four-horse race on on uh, Thursday afternoon, the first race in the card, it's all about two runners in Bob Allinger and Gallopin de Champ, and Bob Allinger will be the one to beat in that race there. And I think in the that same afternoon on Thursday, in the 3.30, a horse called Flooring Porter, who was also close at Leopardstown last time over Christmas, and I think he give could give Gavin Cromwell one of his biggest days of his career so far. I like the name. I like the name, because there'll be fellas doing that throughout the week. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Tiger Roll, Tell Me Something Girl, Gallopin Deschamps, and Flooring Porter. They're the four for the lucky 15. All right, and I hope you. I hope you'll enjoy it, PJ. Because look, I think for a lot, look for a lot of people, they they just get mesmerised. They say, why is this so big? It's just you have to be there yeah. to understand. I know. It's like the Irish. It's like Ireland playing England in the rugby last week. You know, you just have to be there yeah. to understand the culture of it. And yeah. look, come twenty five past one in Cheltenham, the place will start bubbling and bubbling and bubbling until the first race jumps and that roar happens. All right. Then right. we're well into it. All right, Patrick, enjoy, because I know I know you're itching to get at it. That's Patrick Mulcahy of C103 Sports. And just while we're at the, the subject of sport, Premier League Live, of course, back this Saturday at 96VM.ie with Trevor Welsh, powered by Talk Sport. Uh, Aston Villa versus Arsenal at 12.30. Quiet weekend for the lads, seeing as it's a holiday weekend. Quiet weekend. Just Aston Villa versus Ars- Arsenal at 12.30 uh, on 
Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Premier League Live online with Now. Stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. It's your sport on your terms. Streaming only the games that matter to you most with Now. And listen Saturday on the Corks 96 FM app or go to 96fm.ie. We are required, of course, to tell you that if you should be betting, please be careful and be mindful and never spend more that you can afford. Tell me something, girl. Tiger Roll, Galloping Deschamps, and Flo- I love the name of that horse, Florin Porter. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96FM. <laughs> uh, Dee sent in a picture of herself with uh, Gavin James. of saying like he is the, the biggest human being you've ever seen. He's enormous. Ga- uh, Gavin said, or Dee sent in the picture and she said, uh, compliments of tickets that we won through 96 to see him. I used to pretend he was my ex. Super talented and blessed with unique tones. Kevin was listening to the news story there at 11 o'clock about banning smoking for the under 25s. Now, he said if they said from next year, under 19s would be banned from buying them, and then every year it increases up to 2030, uh, followed by an outright ban for everyone, then I'd take them seriously. Uh, Till then, it's just extreme nanny state talk. And back again with Gavin James, we played his two songs, one's Greatest Hits, which is relatively new, and then his brand new one, which uh, hasn't been played on radio before now, Jealous. Uh, Oh my God, what a song. Brilliant. I just love Gavin. A lot of love in the room for Gavin James and good to see him back and good to see live music back and to all the people that I know who are in the live music business, they're so buzzed to be back. And theatre is back and good theatre is back and there's a lot of new stuff at the moment. We covered this uh, a few weeks back that the Cat Club have a load of seriously good uh, new material uh, over this period of weeks and months. And one of them is a play called Stacy, written by Jack Thorne. It is a one-man show performed by Ethan Dillon. It opens tomorrow night, I think, at the Cat Club. Mike Johan, Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me. Now, we're told this is going to be quite hard-hitting. Um, and and uh, it's it's about this. You're, you're the director of it, Max. It is about mm-hmm. toxic masculinity in a one man show. Tell me more. Yeah, so it's a one man show, um, and it's a confessional monologue. So we follow this character Rob as he's presenting his last forty eight hours uh, to us. So kind of through through his presentation, you kind of we touch on these themes of male attitudes and behaviours and toxic masculinity and entitlement, just looking at his actions really, and the audience gets to sit with that. So it's it's pretty um, yeah hard hitting and confronting, but very uh, relevant now. I think. Yeah, is he kind of? As they say in one of the ad campaigns on at the moment in the UK, is, ha- is he having a word with himself kind of thing? I think the character doesn't really, it, he doesn't really realise at the time that he's done something horribly wrong and that it's kind of dawning at him and he needs to tell us about it. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely a realisation for him. Um, but I'm not sure if the character really gets it. But I hope that people can 
see the character and say, I actually might know somebody who has to kind of look at themselves um, or maybe people themselves might uh, have that thought in the audience that, you know, I need to look at my actions a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I get the impression it could be something of an uncomfortable listen. Is it meant to be? As in, you could be sitting there going, oh, I recognise this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the playwright, uh, Jack Thorne, who's a Tony and a Olivia Award winning playwright, is it's such brilliant writing that uh, and storytelling that you really like you follow the character and it's really just the character that you that you get to observe and uh, the themes come up. And I think now we're 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 more equipped uh, um, through COVID to talk about difficult things. And this the, the themes of this play just, um, yeah, I think we'll get people talking and, and discussing um, consent and um, and male violence and yeah, uh, very important themes. Yeah, This is an Irish premiere of course which is big for yeah. the Cat Club, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. We were delighted to get the rights for the play um, and it's just really exciting because um, Ethan Dillon does a brilliant job with the role and um, Jack Thorne is, is so fantastic. Yeah, this is It's great to have an Irish premiere in the Cat Club. It's part of their... And of course, it's our first show back. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel? Again, it was talking to Garen James in the studio a while ago about how buzzed it is to be back doing live music. How good is it to be back doing proper live theatre with a full house? Oh, it's so exciting. Like, I've been doing a lot of work remotely at the computer and it's just really not how we like to do things. We like to be in there and it's been really long days and we have a dress rehearsal coming up now and it's just so exciting for the whole team, really, to be involved. Um, and I'm sure for the whole uh, programme, there's 10 shows in the Creative Parliament Awards. So we're really excited um, for all of the shows coming up. Yeah. Okay. So it's on, uh, as we said, it, it starts, it opens tomorrow night and runs, does it run right through the weekend? It runs the 16th to the 26th of March, except uh, Sunday the 20th and Monday the 21st. So we've 10 shows um, and it would be great to see people in at the Cork Arts Theatre. Okay. Yeah. Good luck Good luck to everybody uh, with that. It's uh, Stacey, played by uh, the Tony and Olivia award-winning playwright Jack Thorne, Irish premier, performed by Ethan Dillon, directed by Mag Kilhan, uh tomorrow night at the Cat Club. I've got my invite and I'm heading in along. Looks like an interesting an interesting watch. Femme, would you like to help to select the music that we play and on the way to doing that maybe win yourself a 100 euro voucher for just eat well you need to take a 10 minute online survey and that way you become a music influencer music influencer here on Cork's 96 FM it's the music panel Cork's 96 FM music panel choose the tunes and you could win 100 euro on just eat see our Instagram and Facebook pages or go to 96fm.ie for your choice in the tunes that we play right couple of things I need to do oh yeah matches for Mick we talked to the organisers of matches for Mick Ryan McCarthy a couple of weeks ago it's on Thursday 17th Patrick's Day and Friday the 18th in Bishopstown GAA Club. 15 clubs come together for a two-day Gaelic Games marathon. Remember we were talking about Mick Cronin. He was a construction foreman, just 52 years of age. He was left with um, paralysed effectively from the shoulders down following a workplace accident last November. And we were talking to Ryan McCarthy about putting together matches for Mick as a major fundraiser. And you'd never believe you'd never believe who sent in a personal message to wish Mick well. 
would you believe? Only Keeveen Kelleher, believe it or not. I just wanted to send a message just to send my best wishes um, and all my support. Um, I know as a Cork man myself that um, you'll, have, you'll have more than enough fight and uh, strength in you to, to get through this. So, you know, I just wanted to send a little message just to send all my best wishes um, and just to say as well, you know, keep keep watching our games and keep supporting us. Um, your support will will help us get through the games. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to send a little message to, to say all the best with it. Makes a massive Liverpool supporter and a personal message from Queen Kelleher. All the best with matches for Mick. Speaking of fundraisers for people who've been through the mill, I remember I was talking back on, God, it's the anniversary of 9 11 now. I was chatting last September with Kieran Kramer, and Kieran had a very nasty experience with COVID. Uh, he got bitten by a horsefly and it reacted with COVID antibodies in his body, a very, very rare condition, only four or five of them in the world. And the long and the short of it is uh, Kieran has ended up in a wheelchair as a result of this. And uh, he was doing some singing recently. I saw a video of Kieran. He's still got it. The voice is still great. I give him that. There's a fundraiser. The music business is coming together for our friend, Kieran Kramer. It's at the Rochestown Park Hotel on, and to, a, bit, a bit of time to prepare for this and get your tickets. Thursday, May 12th at 8pm. Tickets, 10 euro. I'll tell you more about it as we get closer, but there's a great lineup on the night and it's to raise funds for one of the, one of the giants of the music business here in Cork and a, a dear friend of mine, Kieran Kramer, um, and a fundraiser for him on the 12th of May. Gary is listening in Christchurch, New Zealand, to the whole thing about going smoke-free, or trying at least to going smoke-free by banning it through age groups. He says, here in Christchurch, you're right to be looking to be smoke-free from 2025, but it's still very difficult, though. It's got to go through the legislative process. Looks like it will happen down here, though, although the problem is that bootleg cigarettes become an even bigger issue. Which, to be fair, a lot of the smoking lobby, uh, Forrest Aaron being one of them, have said that. If you try to ban the sale of cigarettes in a legitimate way, in other words, over-the-counter in an actual shop paying full price, which is an astonishing amount of money to pay for anything, by the way, what you end up doing is driving it underground and you end up with bootleg cigs which can cause more trouble than they solve. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.